Welcome to a very special Today on Broadway for Friday, December 18th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I'm just Grace. And <laughs> just Grace. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, well, it's really good. Well, as we have been teasing for a couple days now, we are all here three together for the very first time. Because we are going to discuss the new Netflix adaptation of the Broadway musical The Prom, which came out about a week ago by the time you're hearing this, depending on yeah, if you're in our ago. Patreon feed or not. There's been a lot discussed about this show. There's been a lot memed about this show. But I will tell you now, we will have the definitive discussion after this. No one else needs uh, to worry about. It's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, about uh, writing any think pieces about the problem. Quite because we literally, will, we'll do. because everyone else has already done so, yeah, if they point. have that's any words to say about it. <laughs> we will be the last people thinking about it. So, um, <laughs> of course, as I said, depending on whether you are in our Patreon feed or not, you will either be hearing this on Thursday night or potentially on Friday or thereafter. If you would like to hear all of Broadway Radio's episodes before they're released on the regular feed, or if you'd like to participate in all of our Sunday recordings of This Week on Broadway, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Now, just grace, you are the <laughs> new person here. Ashley and I have both waxed poetic for the past year, year and a half, about how much we absolutely adore the prom. Yes. Um, I know from uh, talking to you and listening to you pre-Broadway Radio how you feel, but why don't you give us a little bit of your background and your thoughts and feelings about the prom uh, on Broadway. Broadway before we get into the prom, the, the, the movie. Oh, yeah, sure. So I've actually followed this show for five to six years at this point. Um, I I remember vividly the uh, the workshop. I was lucky enough to attend that. And I'll give you just a little there was a there was a part um, just because we can. Uh, there was a there was a part of the show where um, Andrew Randall's character from the Netflix version, uh, who was Chris Sieber on Broadway and also in the workshop. Um, there was a time when in the workshop that I first saw, uh, Casey Nicola handed out cans, um, like empty, like Coke cans to everyone at the workshop and said, throw them at Chris's face at the end of this number. <laughs> oh. And I thought, this is crazy. And, uh, it was just funny. It was it was the part where they're at the uh, the trailer or not trailer. Wow, um, the truck rally show. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The truck rally show. That's the truck the, rally that's, show. That's uh, you're from like deep in the heart of Georgia. I'm from Georgia, and oh, I have hey. to say I've never been fully mudden. Um, yeah, like, like I'm a little I'm, disappointed. I was a, I was like a debutante type girl, so oh, I'm the worst. Type. Okay, the all worst right. Oh, I understand at the debutante at the debutante ball. Okay, yes, right. but I remember right. being like Casey Nicola, why are you asking me to do this particular thing? Um, but I've just watched that show grow <laughs> from. I mean, seriously, like I saw it several times in Atlanta at the Alliance Theater, and then I followed it nice. to New York. So. I feel like I've seen every single iteration of yeah, this You've seen it really. grow up. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I watched it from like when Anne Harada was in it to the first night that they put Josh yeah. Lehman in to like the night that it was, I mean, it's gone through so many different phases. So it was really exciting to finally see it in front of, uh, you know, just my little screen and knowing that all these people across the world were going to get to see it. So I've been excited. I'm, I'm glad we're going to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. This is a show that, as Grace alluded to, has gone through a lot of different incarnations. It had its out-of-town tryout at the Alliance in Atlanta, and then like kind of stalled for a little bit, thought maybe it was coming, then it wasn't. And then when it did, right, it right. had a huge impact, I think, on especially the Broadway 
people. I don't know that it had necessarily the impact that it would have wanted in terms of the wider audience or the box office. But this sure, is other than lo- other than like the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade yeah. performance, which got highly in the eye of everybody ever, whether we wanted them there or not. Well, I, mean, I think it was good nonetheless uh, that that happened for them to get that exposure, but. With this transition from the stage to the screen, whether it is large or small, whether it's on your phone or your 70-inch surround sound TV, wherever you're watching it, there's been a lot of kind of controversy and hiccups with this as well. Obviously, they Mm. had to shut down filming just at the very end of filming earlier in 2020 because of the coronavirus. They ended up being one of, if not the first uh, productions to start back up post-shutdowns in California. They did some pickups, and now we're getting ready to see it. Uh, we're, we're getting, we're able to see it in December. So, Ashley, you have been yeah. very open about your concerns about one James Corden playing Barry <laughs> Glickman. Yeah. But before we get into that particular bucket of mud, what were your thoughts on the Netflix prom as a whole? Oh, oh, as a whole. First, so first of all, let me say I finished watching the prom about. 10 minutes before we started recording this episode. Great. I love that for us. (laughs) We are nothing if not procrastinating. (laughs) Yes, and I watched it literally at midnight when it dropped, so we're all the same. Yeah, exactly. We're all equally prepared, clearly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I really, uh, besides, you know, just being generally a procrastinator, I wanted it really fresh in my head, so my main takeaway wasn't just what I thought of James Corden. Uh, I honestly really loved it more than I thought I was going to, and that's a significant leap from what I thought it was going to be. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very attached to the show. Not, I didn't have quite as long of a life cycle as Grace did with it. I'm just gay, so I'm very <laughs> attached to it as a human. Yeah. Uh, and saw it several times on Broadway. Um I found myself missing the cast as mu- the original sure. cast as much as everybody else did. That's not really a surprise. Some people I liked more than others. I thought at least two people were superbly cast. Um, Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman for as little as Nicole oh. Kidman actually gets to be you, on wait, screen. Wait, hold on. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I am sho- Okay, hold on. I'm like legitimately shocked about one of those statements. But I we'll believe get to that. it. I believe it. I mm-hmm. believe you are. Um, other people I didn't find cast as well as they should be, which is a long standing opinion. And then uh, there was definitely some middle of the ground, middle of the road stuff. I. I wasn't... uh, Okay, here's the thing. I'm mixed as far as direction goes at this time in that... Mixed on a Ryan Murphy project is actually... Well, no. That's a win. I feel like that's a kink. It's part of it. That's that's the pull quote for the promotion. It's just mixed on Ryan Murphy. That's the best promotion they'll have, honestly. (laughs) Well, I'm mixed about it in the sense that it was as over top and excessive and often jarring as you would expect something to be on stage, especially in a show like this. Uh, and it didn't, it translated sometimes, uh, as it should in the movie adaptation. I don't think it translated as well as Ryan Murphy wanted to all the time to the point that I was just like, what am I looking at? But the thing is, I don't think he really cared if it translated because like they talk about this place being in Indiana and there's... 
Well, but, yeah. But he, he talked like there's nothing to do there. They've got these monster truck rallies. They talk about like there's nothing to see. All they have is an Applebee's. Yet they have and this the mall. mall. Looks like yeah. it's straight out of Beverly Hills. Like nothing no. makes sense. <laughs> no, not true. I was like, true. if that were a Middle America mall, there would be an American Eagle and a uh, Great American yeah. Cookie, and that is <laughs> it. I'm from <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Like I'm the one of us from the I'm Midwest. From I'm from Ohio. I'm from backwoods, Western New York. I know a mall. <laughs> well, I okay. know them all well. It was the only thing to do growing up for me. Yeah. Okay. So you are pleasantly surprised mixed on Ryan Murphy, which in my mind is a positive because anytime anyone is more than yeah. angry at Ryan yeah. Murphy is good. Grace, given your long history with the prom, how did you feel about the outcome of it translating to the screen? I thought it, I thought it was great. Like I, I, I really enjoyed the fact that they could, yeah, expand every single, you know, dance number. I recognized every bit of choreography from the original, like, yeah, but they were mm-hmm. still able to like, Hey, let's use a real hallway. Like we don't have to make this like set like mean girls like it's, you know it, it it was a lot of fun to see them get to take over the gym in the same way same same staging but just a little bit more for the eye like i thought it was i thought it was really well done my problem with this whole thing was that i <laughs> that's broad <laughs> Well, no, no, with the, with, the, with the whole translation of it is mm-hmm. I thought it was fine for the first like two hours and 40 minutes. It was fine. Like I wasn't angry about it. I wasn't. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. How long? Hour and 40 minutes. Did I say two hours and 40 you minutes? You said two hours. Okay. Oh, like, did I, I was black doing the, out for an hour? No, or? I was trying to do the math in my head and subtract time. And I'm just so <laughs> bad at math. No, and you're not math people. Yeah. No, I'm not math people. But like for the first hour and 40 minutes, like I was like, this is fine. Like I'm not angry about it. Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't love Love it as much as I did uh, the stage show, obviously, but I wasn't yeah. upset. Like it was fine. Then mm. there's a there's one song which I'm going to get to in a little bit where I was like, okay, now the feels are here. Like now it's working, um, mm-hmm. and I was a blubbering oh, yeah. mess. I know yeah. what it, we, I we know what it is. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> it. But like it was obvious to me that it wasn't hitting me like it did on stage when we got yeah. to tonight belongs to us because on stage. And maybe I'm just dumb and couldn't, I was like so engrossed with it. Like I didn't see, spoiler alert, there's a huge twist in that song. I didn't see mm. it coming on stage. And I was like dumbfounded and heartbroken and angry and a blob of blubbering blobness in, in the theater. <laughs> and when I saw it on, on, on film, because they had to change it, it was, it didn't have the same, um, you know, the dramatic dancing. Yeah. It just was like, Oh. Okay, I get it. Like it was Which fine. is weird because you think that they would be able to have such a harder dramatic yes. impact with yeah. that hard stop of them turning around and realizing they are at a place right. where no one else is. And like that was the big dramatic like curtain drop of act 1 and they were yeah. like Oh, this sucks. And I was just like, yes, this does suck. What are you doing? And I think a lot of that is like my major complaint of, you know, the direction in this film is that there was so much back and forth as far as the present versus the past or like this idealized version of the past or, you know, what's happening in another room that it was just like it lost. It lost a lot of the momentum of any of the scenes if they started out, especially for that. Because it was like, okay, this is this is at least starting out similar enough. And then as soon as we get to the parking lot, it just once you start going back and forth. Yeah, screeching halt. And then you start going to the back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. 
And it just lost any energy it had that it had on the stage. And I think one of the things about that is, is one of the problems with movie musicals in general on uh, on the big screen or small screen or whatever screen in this case is because the stage is like the epitome of having to um, use the magic of yes. art. Yeah. Uh, to, Using to, your space wisely. Yeah. Film is the epitome of of literal interpretation. So obviously yeah. it made sense that like, of course, they're going to figure out that something's wrong when they pull up and there's no other cars there. Like you have to like see that you have to address that. I mean, they could have done something else and not, but it makes sense. But that was like my problem was throughout the whole thing. I had a I had a disconnect between was this supposed to be a glamorized, romanticized uh, interpretation of the world? Because there's always these, there's always like the pink and the green lights and the blue mm -hmm. lights everywhere. Or is this like a realistic interpretation? And I don't think that Ryan Murphy nailed that because I don't think he ever really nails anything. Um, but okay. that was, that was my problem. And I think it had more to do with just never having done a movie musical before because it just didn't work in that way for me. Yeah. All right, before we continue with our discussion, let's take a real quick pause here to send it over to James to talk about our sponsor for this week, BetterHelp. We'd like to welcome a new sponsor to Broadway Radio, BetterHelp. We have all been through a traumatic 2020, and it's affected all of us in one way or the other. Do you ask yourself, what interferes with your happiness? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? We could all use some help, and BetterHelp makes it easy to get that help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a convenient, safe, and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not self-help, it's professional counseling, and with BetterHelp, you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if necessary. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Another thing is, is that there's a broad range of expertise available for which you might not be able to find a counselor locally in many areas. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, anger, stress, family conflicts, anxiety, LGBT matters, relationships, grief, sleeping, self-esteem, trauma, anything that you share is confidential. One thing to note is that BetterHelp is not a crisis hotline. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash broadway. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Broadway. Once again, we'd like to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring Broadway Radio. Thank you, James. Uh, of course, as we head into the holidays, if you need somebody to talk to, head over to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Broadway. All right, back into our discussion here. Okay, so... So let's talk about casting. That is the big story here. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it out of the way. Um, sure. Let's talk about uh, James Corden as Barry Glickman. Of course, the role that was originated mm -hmm. on stage and was originally written for Brooks Ashmanskis. Um, 
Ashley, I'll go to you first because sure. I feel like you've been the <laughs> one carrying not? pitchforks and torches um, yeah. since this was announced. Sharpening uh, them. Yes. I didn't think James Corden was as awful as I expected him to be. He wasn't good, but like I didn't find it as upsetting uh, to see him in there, although I did keep imagining all of the nuances that Brooks did with that role that yep. James couldn't even yep. understand. Well, I think for one, Brooks Ashmanskis is one of the best physical comedians that's currently working. Absolutely. He's absolutely my favorite physical stage comedian. And anytime I see him in a performance, I am crying with laughter at at least one point in the show, which obviously did not happen here. And I think, you know, that's both the role, the actor in the role, as well as just generally how the film was shot and directed. I loathed his performance <laughs> so much. And I I, I don't want to I don't want to like rank if I feel like he was more or less offensive than what I expected that he was going to be because I don't really know how to quantify that is that like he was less flouncy and wincy and lispy as I thought he was going to be you can and, do it on a on a scale of glitter how much glitter on a scale of one to ten <laughs> like Mariah Carey's okay, glitter or glitter glitter uh, there was less of that though I mean there was certainly some moments of that I literally physically gagged at old Barry's done some flirting and tonight belongs to us <laughs> I actually gagged which is actually like pause. a great line with yes. Brooks delivering it yes and again it's his physical comedy that James Corden doesn't have and also just as you said the nuances that he has here's my biggest problem and I really wish I remember who brought this conversation up right after, I think actually right before the official drop. And there's always the conversation of should we cast straight actors in gay roles, gay characters, and, and you know, for that matter, vice versa, because people always want to have that kind of straw man argument. I think... I think if you are going to have a character where sexuality is centric to the role in the plot, then you absolutely need to have a gay actor because you lose, especially for a role like this, that's like the trauma of being closeted and then being openly mm -hmm. gay as a teenager, which unless you're queer of any sort, you're not going to be able to act that as well as a, gay, a queer person can portray it because they know what's happening. That's why I'm always so pissed at Ryan Murphy that he insists on doing stuff like this. And, uh, <laughs> because he's a gay, he's he's a gay, a gay man. man. He, he should know. know better. He should know better and he should know that a queer person is going to bring the nuance to that role. Uh, so that's a big problem to me because this is such a role where sexuality is centric. And I mean, we've, they added all that extra plot line to Barry's character that again, as you said, if Brooks was playing it, there'd be so much more nuance. And I'd, I was so unconvinced when he was reunited with his mother in this version. I just. And like, why did Tracy Which was Allen gross. Yeah. Uh, right. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. You, okay. You go talk about why it was gross. I just was like, why is Tracy Allman looking like, like in this know. horrible wig and glasses? Like, let Tracy Allman be Tracy Allman. But okay, Grace, right. why was that gross to you? 
First of all, Tracy Ullman's appearance was literally an Amy Sedaris character. And I will go to my grave. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I was you. like, ma'am, Thank this you. role was for someone else. But I, I just, I, I get upset at buttons in anything. Like, that's why I wear zippers. No, no, no. But like, I, I get mad when we're like, wow, he had this unresolved thing with his mom. We should bring the mom in. Right. Like, that wasn't exactly. in the show. Exactly. And it just felt like, what about all the people in the world that, deal with this and don't get to have the resolve. Like what if this was a poignant moment for somebody to be like, yeah, you know what? That day might never come, but you know what I can do? I can pay it forward and do something like good for this other person. And I just, I just got, it it just felt gross. Cause I was like, no, there's so many hits. Yeah. Not everything needs this tidy wrap up. And that's one of the things, as you said, like a lot of queer kids are never going to have that moment, no matter if they're a teenager or they're a grown adult. And to have it the way it had on the stage was actually really satisfying. Uh, It's kind of it wouldn't be as extreme as if they if Emma and her parents made up in some way, because it was still I mean, it's still a lead role. But it's more supporting to that giant issue at hand. I just I I didn't need it to be wrapped up because it was so much more satisfying being open in that way and having like, here's my redemption arc. I don't really need to have this as a teenager. I'm an adult now. I'm coming into my own now. And that's fine. And why bring uh, Tracy Almond? I don't get it. Okay. (laughs) Amy Sedaris. Yeah, Amy Sedaris. Grace, Grace, how did you feel about Meryl Streep in the role of Dee Dee Allen? Now, I've had Beth Level on Broadway Radio multiple times before and during the prom. I worship at the altar of Beth Level. Likewise. Um, So how did you feel about the Streep taking on this role. You know what? I gotta say, she killed it. She nailed it. Didn't mm-hmm. have any problem at all. The The problem I actually have is the fact that everybody was going to watch this anyways because it's just a musical on Netflix right. produced yep. by Ryan Murphy. So I go, actually, you didn't have to have Meryl. She's great. She's fantastic. But like Beth Level, that would have made her a household. Like people would have referenced this for her. And when she is predominantly like famous for being a stage actress... I just have to say, like, you know, seeing the first time I ever saw her screaming out, like, and whatever that name's called, I was just like, oh, my God. I was crying laughing. My mom Mm -hmm. does not like musical theater, famously leaves after (laughs) act one of Into the Woods whenever I'm in it. uh, Because, quote, (laughs) act two is sad. Um, She literally, she was like, it's not not about me, was my favorite thing. One of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. I was laughing so hard. So, like, she's just so iconic for this role. But Meryl was fine. She was wonderful. And there were many times when I started to cry when she's at Apples and Bees. And she's having that conversation Mm -hmm. about, like, what the stage is to her. It was beautiful. See, I mm-hmm. think Meryl was great. I, but I don't think this movie gets made without Meryl Streep uh, playing. I'm Dee in the Allen. same. I'm in the same boat as and, you. I, and, I think and, it's. I think it's really the opposite that you could have cast M- Meryl, and then everybody else around her could have been a oh, lower name yeah. e- easily. I think they needed Meryl to make this movie. Yeah, and the thing is, is like. We've seen Meryl in movie musicals before. We've seen her in the Mamma Mia's. We've seen her in Into the Woods, uh, to mm. reference that, um, <laughs> which is a little sad because she wasn't great in that, but she sounded great. Nobody in was. Yeah. So, well, your boy James. And also, don't come from Anna Kendrick. Please keep her name Ow. out your damn Ow. mouth or we will be having problems. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. But 
she was like vocally the best I've ever heard her in this. Yeah. And I don't know if yeah. there was some sweetening going on or whatever, but like she was great, but she was not Beth level. Like there no. was an, uh, there was a, an episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour on NPR that talked about this, and Glenn Weldon went on, like, in the middle of it, like, just talked about Beth Lovell for two minutes and, like, played <laughs> her It's Not About Me versus Meryl's. And, like, there's just a sharpness in, mm-hmm. and, like, the new – It's I, I hate to keep saying nuance because, like, that's such a cliche word, but, like – there is like the people who these roles were built around know them in their bones and everyone else was just play acting. I, and that was my thing with the whole cast. Everybody just felt like they were That's fair. on a show. It was like, yeah, these weren't real people to me. And that goes down to who I thought was the worst cast <laughs> of, the, of the four people. Interesting. Why was Nicole Kidman in this movie? I'm fine with her. I'm, I'm sure really you're fine, fine with her, with but her. for other reasons. But like one, they couldn't use Nicole Kidman for any of the dancing. Did you notice they cut away from her face anytime they showed any again, dancing? Again, oh, yeah. direction. I'm less offended by Nicole Kidman's performance than I am by Ryan Murphy's direction. Well, how about how about Nicole Kidney? Uh, Nicole Kidney. Nicole Kidney. <laughs> uh, how, how about Nicole Kidman's accent? What was that? What is it ever? I was was just about, I was exactly about to say that. What is it ever? Like, other than shoehorning the fact that Barry Glickman's from Ohio, like, why couldn't Barry have been British? Why couldn't Angie have been Australian? Let them. Why couldn't Barry have been Titus Burgess? I know. These are all the questions we have. We'll we'll get to that. That's on my list of things, but like, well, (laughs) yeah, um, exactly. Nicole, I thought was. I'm going to say offensive, not like I don't find her offensive. Mm. She's fine. I like Nicole Kidman, but like she was the most out of place here for me. I thought Andrew Rannells was oddly cast, but he was He's fine. very much. Yeah. And he his was... Bill Hader impression. Yeah. <laughs> hello. Hello, my fellow youths or kids. It's like, it's like masking it up to the extreme. Right. And like, here was my thing. Why did they have a, I'm assuming Trent is straight. So why do they have the gay actor playing the straight character I, in this? I think he's gay too, is written. Trent, I, I don't know that they ever reference it. Um, I mean, to be fair to everything, I just assume everyone's gay until proven otherwise. You are so. fair. You are fair. Yeah. Um, you know who else I was monstrously disappointed in? Hmm. Joe Allen Pelman. Yes. I was blown away at how uninteresting and uncompelling she was. Um, My thing, like for the whole first half of the movie, she just has this grin on her face where like she's got this (laughs) wide mouth grin. I didn't understand. Like she didn't come off as this person who felt uncomfortable in the moment, who felt like she didn't like the spotlight. She seemed like, oh, gee whiz, this is awesome. I just didn't. And I just wonder if that's direction though, because I I think good direction would have corrected it. Yeah, because uh, I'm assuming that was just her initial choice, but it should have gone corrected. Yeah, I just I just feel like, you know, Caitlin was so clearly like, this is uncomfortable. You guys have ruined yep. my life. Like, yep. I'm the dowdy dowdy. Um, and I can say that because <laughs> mm, I love her. Uh, yes. But this girl who also, by the way, looked like an intern at Apple the entire time. Like, that's not her problem. <laughs> it's like costuming. I was like, she looks trendy. Yeah, as hell. Was a mess. The whole mess. time. And I was like, her and Ariana both look like they were 
like PR on set. Like they did not look like high schoolers and that's not their fault at all. But truly I was never at all convinced (laughs) that these two girls were struggling in high school in the closet. (laughs) Like not for a moment. They were beautiful, like well-to-do just out of college and NYU girls. (laughs) (laughs) But right. And like you said, like there was a, there was a frumpiness that was part of the character of Emma on stage that Caitlin really kind of leaned into here. She was super trendy. She was super, Super cute, like in her clothes were like, you know, they were kind of like kitschy, cool. My thing with Ariana is, and she, and she never really fell into that. I mean, she, you know, what's the end of Act One, start of Act Two? Is she her saying this was the worst night of her life, and then we immediately like go to Zaz, where again she's grinning weirdly yes. through, yeah, pretty much everything, and seemingly okay. And I don't know if like her idea of character direction was just to you know she's someone who is trying to make it seem like she's doing better than she is yeah exactly and that's the only thing that i could really look at to be like okay i get it but i was just deeply unimpressed (laughs) right and you know and i think this you know I, I'm a fan of Ariana DeBose. I, uh, going her. back to seeing her in out of town tryouts at the uh, Alliance Grace, I saw Bring It On the Musical 2.5 times because I was actually at a performance <laughs> that was canceled before the show. Um, so I, I love her. I think she's great, but she just felt way too old and a little sultry for this role. Um, and, and I'm a huge uh, Izzy McCullough fan. So I thought it just oh, yeah. didn't, it just mm. didn't like, I don't know everything about all the casting just felt off. In fact, the only person that I thought was amazingly cast was Mary Kay place as Emma's grandma. Uh, I thought she was great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes. She yeah. Was great. Um, and also Carrie Washington, let's get her in some more movie musicals, please, because, or just For stage sure. musicals. I, I, I love me some Carrie Washington. Um, but the fact so, that Kerry Washington and Ariana could have switched roles at any point was why I was like, this is weird. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. <laughs> they look like they could be, relate, be related, but they very well could have been twin sisters because, yeah, yeah I, I don't get it. Um, it was a little weird. All of the casting was a little weird. Uh, Keegan-Michael yes. Key is great. I thought he was fine. But yeah. the age difference with Meryl was a was little awesome. distracting. Oh. I was fine with that, yeah. Listen, I mean, men do it all the time. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not mad about it. I never notice it. But this time I was like, yeah, get it, girl. Absolutely. Okay. That's fair. I, <laughs> I was on board. I had no problem with it. It was just like, it was, yeah, you're right. That was sexist. I'm sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> no, so, no, 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 no. Yeah, I just Matt. think it's good. I, I think it's good that you note it. And I think it's great that like we, we saw it and then we were kind of like, huh, this, this could be more normalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, can we talk about the fact in that movie? What's it? Mank or Mark or what's that movie Mank. on Mank where like yeah. the, in the real life, the husband and wife in real life were born in the same year. Yet the actress who plays his wife in the movie is 30 e- years younger than him. Like, yep. That's gross. See, see like all of Hollywood. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, okay. So here's my thought on the casting. Okay. Fine. You have to do this. I understand you cast these people. Would it have been so hard in the, the credits afterwards to like do a real quick scene where they said that this story got made into a movie and had the OBC actors, uh, being the people playing the I'm roles in the movie? I'm always fine with that. Or, yeah. or like saying, Hey, this got turned into a Broadway musical and then go and show them. Like, I wish they would have at least done that, especially in a show where the roles were literally written and built around those people. Like, I felt like they, 
I understand you can't cast them. And if they would have cast like Meryl and the rest of the OBC, like that would have really sucked for Beth. So like, I get that there's reasons Mm. why you couldn't do that, but like at least give them the recognition of like throwing their faces on screen or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. That was a great, great, <laughs> great conversation starter. But, um, okay, so let's talk about the thing that I always think about with the prom is how much I cry. And it wasn't Correct. until Unruly Heart when I was just Ruined like, oh, okay, here it is. Yep, got it. This is the prom that I know and love. And then, so I cried all through that. And then, was it Shelby and Kaylee? Um, they show up in the, they come into the gym with their boyfriends or whatever um mm. cried during that what build a prom when the kids come in cried through that yep. carrie yep. washington shows up at the prom cried through that yep. so like after unruly heart i was like oh okay this is the prom to me until then i was like yeah it's people playing the prom that's very fair uh the direction of unruly heart killed me i i just sobbed hysterically the second they cut to that first kid watching the performance on their computer i just burst into tears i've never been able to listen or watch build a prom without sobbing hysterically so they honestly could have had them all sitting on the floor in a circle singing and i would have broken down so obviously loved that yeah i felt like i was really pretty detached from the first half of what was act one on the stage and a lot of that was just still trying to decide if I liked the direction that it was heading in, um, which yes and no at that point. I definitely, both on stage and as the screen adaptation, I definitely cried a lot more in the second half. And that... There's so much impact, especially at the end of the show, between Unruly Heart and Build a Prom that it's you're kind of expected to cry. There's not really that much in the first half in terms of that kind of, uh, to use the word again, gravitas. But yeah, I uh, the first the first half generally was pretty off to me. I I didn't really feel like from like the weird cuts and songs that they had uh, between the acceptance song and uh, whatever the one after that is. You happened. Yeah. Uh, I just it, it missed nearly every mark for me for the first half. Grace, what about you? How did you feel the emotion? So two things. I thought that the, my my most impactful like cry moment was actually Keegan Michael Key's um, "We Look oh, to You." Yeah, because mm. I when they started because you don't get to have that when they do the stage show, um, but also famously yeah. before they moved to Broadway um, forever that role was played by Marty Moran and I have to shout him out because mm. that guy killed that role and I truly wish everyone had an opportunity to see him in it because he was incredibly believable he has an amazing solo show by the way plug um (laughs) it's called the tricky part anyways not important (laughs) but i will say that keegan michael key singing that song where he's in the theater i just thought about the fact that we're all thinking about how this impacts the usher the person pouring Mm -hmm. my 12 dollar dr zhivago cocktail the person like backstage i love the specificity of the dr zhivago cocktail (laughs) i'll never forget it anyways um (laughs) unlike unlike the show which everyone has forgotten uh but exactly oh me at the broadway theater what is this i don't understand paul alexander nolan keep singing um But truly like that, that song, I was like, that's, that's the thing that I want everybody to take away from this is that we look to that and let's not forget that when everybody's like out here 
busting their butt trying to like get their next gig or trying to go back to the theaters, like wear your mask, please. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was to me the most, uh, sure. as far as unruly heart, you guys, I am sorry. I wish I'd been with y'all watching this because I was crying laughing at the fact that every time they would cut to a kid, Don't it was care. always the quote outcast with like, like yeah. the Asian girl with the, the like nose ring. Oh, and like, sure. the, yeah. I was just like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And also, did you notice that they were spinning the entire I was good. The yeah, entire yeah, yeah. the entire movie the was on a circle dolly shot. Yeah, I was dizzy. Well, I, was, I was nauseous. I was like, "This is an unshakable heart because I really can't get over this. This is such a choice." Unshakable stomach as I pop my twelfth drama main. Yeah, and also like the the fact that it's now so dated for her to have uploaded a YouTube video. They should have just gone with TikTok. Like, I thought that that yeah, was a mess fair. on like, I'm like, yeah, all the people that worked on this are obviously over a certain age. You know what I mean? Because I was like, that's, <laughs> that's what would have made that viral. That moment perfect is like being like, oh, she put it on TikTok. So that's yeah. that's just my take. You mentioned the Asian girl with the nose ring or whatever. She looked super familiar. Was she a Broadway person? Like she, I don't know, like there's something about her just looked super familiar. And I felt like I recognized her, but I couldn't find her name anywhere. Did anyone else recognize her? I don't know. I was too busy spinning around the room. So I barely got a good look at anybody. I'll I'll try to dive in. I could try to do a real quick look on IMDb. And I, I, I didn't say, you know. Asian girl in Unruly Heart. So I'll go through, but like she looked familiar and I didn't know if maybe she was a glee person because of Ryan Murphy. Mm. Um, I thought that might be it. Maybe, maybe they're all like 40 by now, but that won't stop Ryan (laughs) Murphy. Clearly. I was going to say clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So there was something a few minutes ago, somebody said, Hey, I want to talk about this. And I was like, Oh, we'll get there. And now I forget what that was. Does anyone remember what that was? No, I don't. (laughs) I think we were all talking about the, the song that really changed us and like made us emotional. I think that was that moment. Uh, okay, no, just talking about yeah the emotions of like the the movie as a whole, but you just talking about crying through everything, and then me oh, talking fine. about crying through everything. Yeah. that's <laughs> par for the course. Me crying through everything is like my standard operating procedure. <laughs> that's like, your memoir. I, yeah, I know. Like I famously cannot listen to the Legally Blonde remix without crying. Yeah, like yep, when yep, Vivian yep. when Vivian starts singing, oh, I'm a mess. Kate Schindel does it to me every time. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's my weird uh, my weird admission of the I'm, day. I'm gonna isolate that clip alone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That'll be my ringtone now. Um, But so uh, let's wrap this up here with just real quick talking about um, some of the changes from Broadway to Mm. the screen. There were obviously, Ashley, you mentioned some of the um, uh, the song Song cuts that they did. Uh, Grace, I feel like you in the course of you seeing this show in multiple different incarnations, like you've probably seen a lot of changes. I know uh, Beth has told me in the past about like the different shows they were doing at the beginning. It wasn't always Eleanor. There was a um, uh, a Forrest Gump Gump the musical. And then it was Long Day's Journey into Night, which was Chris Sieber. Just going, it's a long days. And I, I'm telling you, you would have pissed your pants. It was the funniest thing in the world. Oh, so, uh, yeah, many, many versions. Um, Brooks Esmanskis sitting on a bench, singing about a box of chocolates. It was iconic. Perfect. Okay. All right. So you have seen the show go through a lot of different incarnations. What, were there any changes that really bothered you or you really liked? Anything like that along the way? I think that there was just like a camaraderie that we saw on stage and throughout every process of the show that i thought was lost in the film 
because they were trying to like focus a lot more on like the different families, which was nice. Yep. But there was there were just so many missed uh, comedic opportunities. I felt with the with the group of like New York actors that just weren't yeah. in this. Ironically, they added more material to like really try and bridge those gaps. I mean, there were large gaps as far as plot and story in the stage show, which I was fine with because yeah. I love the show, and that's just the way stage shows work. If you're going to expand it for a movie, obviously you're going to put a little bit more of that fat in. Ironically, they put more of the fat in and it made it so, you know, as you said, they didn't have that same chemistry that they did on stage without like these specific bonding scenes like in the motel. Yeah, I, it, Grace and I were talking about this before you joined the call, Ashley, like mm. on stage, the show is like what, two and a half, two hours, 45 minutes. And like, yeah. the film is like two ten, but it's two, still, yeah. but it still feels like too long. Um, and it, I don't know if they could have trimmed things. I would have hated to lose anything important from the stage version. Um, that already wasn't trimmed down, but it just felt like, there was just something missing and, and I don't know what that was. I mean, they cut out, they also unrelated, uh, like cut out the words inbred and dyke, which I thought was like, okay. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. First of all, you don't get to say that. Well, <laughs> second, second, I'm glad, I'm very glad they did because of who would get to say it. Uh, that's, yeah. Okay. Um, but they added, they added <laughs> in. That's the last thing that movie needs. Yeah. Well, they added in the cell phone story, which I thought was funny for Didi. I thought that worked. Um, but like for the most part, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I did appreciate the fact that they more or less stuck to an edited version of the stage show script. Yeah. Like I appreciated that. I was a little worried. I was like, oh, what the hell is Ryan Murphy going to do to this script? But for the most part, I was pleasantly surprised that it was the prom, at least on paper, that I know and love. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, one of my major concerns that I have when something gets adapted from the stage to the screen is as you said, like what the script is going to look like and if it's going to either be what is essentially a direct adaptation with very little changes or if they're going to butcher it. And I think there was kind of a good meat in the middle here that I felt by the end. I had a lot of complaints, at least for the first half that I know you've never seen it, Matt, but this is filmed in the sure. same way that the producer's movie musical adaptation was, but without that kind of wonderful added benefit of role preservation. Like, as I said, yeah. this was pretty excessive and jarring and over the top. And it's fine with that because it's kind of the style of musical, especially with like Casey Nicola and Bob Martin influences. So you like look at Jazzy Chaperone for one. Uh, the producers was essentially a direct stage to adaptation because they were looking to preserve Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick and Gary Beach and Roger Bart's performances. And here it had that kind of excessiveness that that show did without that benefit. And because of that, you were kind of hadding to pad it with things that didn't really help its case in the script. Like, I think a lot of the things that were added were good, and I'm glad that they were added in the sense that they needed to be there in the movie, but they needed a major rewrite. 
Yeah. I, I am glad, though, that they didn't try to shoehorn an original song in there for Oscar consideration. I know they well, have. Well, it was they, in the credits. Right, yeah. which is fine. I'm fine. Do I've never the skipped hell. anything harder in my yeah. life. So. Do whatever you want in the credits. I don't care. Add that your song there. But I'm glad they didn't try to shoehorn something in uh, right. to the middle of the show, which I appreciated. And another thing that I appreciated was the fact that Ariana Grande was not in this. Um, I, <laughs> what happened to that? About Wasn't that, that like about a thing? That. And then it, it was like, a wasn't. thing. It yeah, was she, a thing, and then she, it was n- reverse confirmed. Basically. Well, she it was originally announced in the trades that she was playing Alyssa Green, um, but the filming ended up conflicting with her world tour. Yeah, so she I was going to just out. say her existence. It just conflicted yeah. with her existence. <laughs> but can I just say, I actually would have preferred that her playing that role only because I feel as though she still kind of carries that like youthful sure. high school or whatever. Right. And I have I no think idea that, how old she is. I think she's like twenty nine or something. Yeah, which exactly. Is like she's. For sure. She's the exact same age as yeah. She's twenty seven. But twenty seven. But I have enough. to say, like, what what I enjoyed about watching the process of this and then with Izzy Izzy's amazing, by the way. Like this is not mm. a dig on her. But up until like a certain point, there was a huge shock factor that Alyssa Green was gay. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I didn't get that at all. I was just like, Yeah, for sure, cool guys. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I right. think that that what I enjoyed about that aspect of the prom was to say that anyone can be gay. You don't have to like, you know, uh, Tegan and Sarah and dress in flannel to be gay. You can you can be a cheerleader. You can be whomever you want. And that's an aspect of the prom that I think was, again, missing on Broadway and also missing in this. Yeah, like you can pick it out on Broadway. Like the the looks between Alyssa and Emma were pretty obvious. You'd have to like, right. like it wasn't like in your face like it was on screen. And I understand why you I was can't gonna necessarily say, it was do that. Inst- it was instant there. Right, but you can't like screen. because of the promotions of the show like or for the film, like I understand why it's a little different. You can't do that. But um, even the attempt to make it a surprise um, wasn't there. So I was I agree mm-hmm. with you, Grace, that it was a little uh, it was a little disappointing. But um, all right. So we're. We're going to wrap up the conversation about the prom there real quick, though. I uh, am going to throw something out that I did not prep you for. Cool. What musical would you like to next see get a either <sighs> Netflix or something else adaptation uh, in one way or another? Ashley is clearly very excited about this question. <laughs> I hate this question. <laughs> I, Too damn I'm, bad I'm, answer it. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of them at the moment. I don't know. I really don't know what I would want next. I was fairly excited about this when it was announced and then casting rained on my parade. So at the moment, I'm like, well, as long as I guess I have a say in the casting, then we can have more movie musicals again. That's where I'm at as a human. Okay. See, what I like about the fact that they have the prom is that I don't know that people would necessarily know about the prom otherwise. So I would probably go with something that Absolutely. wasn't, wasn't as well known. Grace, what about you? Do you have anything that comes to mind? It just immediately that came to mind was Heather's, uh, just because it didn't have a Broadway run. I think it does have a cult following, and I think that it would be a lot of fun to see a, a, a beloved movie turn musical turn movie musical. Um, we love to see it. Sometimes we hate to see it. John Travolta uh, in Hairspray, but <laughs> I think that I think that that would be a really good opportunity. It would be a lot of fun, and I think that it would just be easy to make for sure. Like, can we just make all Lawrence O'Keefe uh, musicals in the movie since we've already referenced Legally Blonde as well? I love Heather's. I think Heather's yeah. is very, very good. Legally Blonde is, I think, the most underrated musical of the past 50 years. Um, so Your I'm faith. there with you. It's really sweet. 
That's really sweet of you. <laughs> You're a charitable person, Matt. I think it's that great. Is very, it's incredibly it's charitable. My, I don't know why it's charitable. It's just my opinion. I just I like <laughs> I like Legally Blonde. It's, it's, I think it's, it's really very good. kind. Yeah. Um, I I would go something like I would love to see. Um, and while I would actually prefer to see like the stage version um uh filmed but i would love to see like a really interesting inventive director um do a film adaptation of hades town because i think the 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 mythological aspect of that i would like to see it okay it would be be very sexy it would be very sexy but also i don't know i don't know about that one i think you don't have to watch it yeah i'm not going to (laughs) thank you i didn't ask what what if julie tamor directed uh, oh. uh, the puppets in the dang Hades town. <laughs> yeah, all the workers are puppets. Yeah, perfect. All the workers are puppets. Love that. You get, you get Tim Hughes, who's seven five, and then puppets yeah. are the, all the workers. That so. massive right. gentleman. Right. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. I'm in Thank now. You. All of what I had to do was talk about the seven five guy in puppets. Yeah, right. talk, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we're gonna leave it there. Let us know what you think about Netflix's The Prom on social media. Um, you can find uh, Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, we'll start with you. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. Grace? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, um, Grace, G R A C E, Aki Chan, and then on Instagram, Gracie Aki. You can also head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon to get in on all of the goodness that is Broadway Radio's Patreon account. Uh, everybody have a wonderful weekend next week we will be back with a show every day despite the fact that it's christmas we will have some different things in the podcast feed throughout the week but have a wonderful weekend and some former fashion of the three of us will be back to talk to you on monday 